Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and this is an exciting podcast episode. I am going to read to you one of the chapters from my upcoming book. And I actually recorded this episode before Roman was born, but had to come back and re-record it because the title of the book changed in that time. So I'm guessing that I recorded this episode in March of 2021, and the title changed in April. And it's funny, I had, I, I'm, I'm debating, right now today, I'm not going to tell you what the original title was going to be. You guys already know what the title is. Um, that's a conversation for another day, or message me, it's no big secret, message me, and I'll happily tell you. I just don't want to waste your time today with that story, because it's not related to today's episode. But, so here's what happened. I was on a call with my editors, and my cover designer telling them before they had read the transcript kind of what the book was about and what it was for. And I was explaining that, you know, I had been through this very, very hard time in my life. And it was then that I felt really tested to put into practice all of the things that I've talked about here on the podcast for so long that prior to the death of our daughter, I thought of in terms of getting out of debt. I thought of in terms of eating well and losing weight and being consistent with workouts and improving my relationships. And then here in this new, unwelcome phase of life, having lost a child, mindset was more important than ever. And I talked to so many people, this is what I was explaining to to my editors and my cover designer, I talked to so many people who feel like mindset, the way we think, is what what I call a a mountaintop tool. Like, if things are really bad in your life, the last thing you can possibly do is work on mindset because, you know, you're just trying to get through the day. That is how a lot of people speak to me and, and think of things like mindset. Like, mindset is a mountaintop tool. If everything's okay and you're not being chased by the figurative tiger, then okay, maybe you can work on mindset. But my life is too stressful, crazy, dramatic, blah, 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 to ever do that mindset stuff. And what I was explaining to them is I learned more than ever. I knew it, but I saw it in my own life that the way we think and these quote unquote mindset tools, they're not mountaintop tools at all. They're not most important when things are good. These are tools for the trenches, right? These are not things that we turn to the way we think, how we think, trying on new perspectives. These are not things we turn to when 
everything else is under control and then we have the time to work on ourselves. No, these tools matter most when we are in the trenches, when things are hard, whether it's big hard, like death of a child, or small hard, like I'm super aggravated with my boss or I'm sitting in traffic for two hours and I'm running late. These are tools for the trenches. And when I said that, these are not mountaintop tools. These are tools for the trenches. They matter most when we want to do them least. My team was like, uh, that's a better title. Tools for the trenches. That's a better title. So that's where it came from. Book number two. Book number one, of course, was Chasing Cupcakes. Chasing Cupcakes is where I tell about how I shifted out of the all or nothing mindset, the dieting mindset that I had been in for decades and it wasn't working. And really kind of got my life under control. That's Chasing Cupcakes, How One Broke Fat Girl Transformed Her Life, and you can too. Book two is Tools for the Trenches, Daily Practices for Resilience, Perspective, and Progress. It's not out yet. It's going to be out in October 2021. There's not a pre-order, but I wanted to read a chapter for you today. I've been having a lot of conversations since I released the cover and the title on Instagram a couple weeks ago about how, A, I never thought I would write this book, and B, I've often wondered if I should even publish it. And I'll tell you why. I started writing Tools for the Trenches two weeks after Dagny died, right? So the whole book was written in the worst, most challenging time of my life. And It started as just messages to myself for me, not for anybody else, about how to get my head in a space moment by moment where I could keep going or I could fix myself a healthy meal or I could get outside to go for a walk or I could get in the shower, any number of those things. And I remember saying to one of my girlfriends, I wonder if I should wait five years to write this book, you know? Because reflecting on this time of my life and grief and loss and the strategies that I use to kind of survive and navigate this time will surely be different in five years. And it'll probably be less emotional and less jagged and like just totally different. I'm sure that the vibe and the tone and the tenor of the book and the tools and the perspectives will be totally different in five years. And then I thought, well, you know what? Then I'll write that book in five years. But the reason even though it scares me, because it does, releasing this book scares the crap out of me, and it makes me feel very vulnerable. And, and I sort of felt that way a little bit with Chasing Cupcakes, but in a much bigger way here. The reason I think it's so valuable is because there's a big difference between reflecting on something and how you got yourself through it and actually sharing it in real time. And in the introduction of this book, Tools for the Trenches, I share that when I was at my heaviest, over 350 pounds, every self-help book in the world fell out of reach. Like I got it, I understood the concepts, but applying them felt really out of reach for me. And I very much felt the same way after Dagny died. Like I, I knew all of the things to do, but they felt really out of reach. And that's why I think that this book at this time is so important, even though it makes me feel really, really uncomfortable. A lot of folks just wait and then reflect. And I think there's merit to that, but I also think there's merit to 
sharing what you're doing in in the trenches, right? In the hard time, whether that is big, huge, awful hard time or it's smaller hard time, like struggling with food or struggling with debt or struggling in a relationship. So I do wonder how I'll look back on this five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, but I know that this book is going to help someone. I don't know how many someones, but I know that the tools are going to be helpful whether you've had a bad day or you're in a bad season of life, whether your trench is momentary or it's been the last year or two years or five years. And so that's why I'm putting it out there. I never intended to write this book because this book was written only because of the season that we have been through in the last year or so. I thought my second book would be something different. I've already started writing it. It's just going to be my third book. And it's really focused on my process for becoming a better thinker. What does that mean? And how do we do it day to day? And how do we do it in our moments of our greatest excuses and exceptions and doubts? So that's book three, and it's coming, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm excited for it. But this book is really, really important as well, because we all have hard times in our days and in seasons of our lives. And what I want to share with you is one of the chapters from Tools for the Trenches, Daily Practices for Resilience, Perspective, and Progress. The book will be out in October of 2021. I don't have a date yet, but you better believe that as soon as I do have a date, I will let you know. And also, a lot of you have been messaging me about uh, an episode we did not long ago. What episode was it? I don't really remember. Uh, 902, I think, where I shared how you can be part of my book launch team. Let me just mention that really quickly, and then I'm going to get into sharing this chapter with you. So what it means to be on my book launch team is essentially just that you want to support the launch of this book in October. And in exchange, I'm going to give you an advanced digital copy. So you will get a PDF version of the book before it comes out. And what you pledge to do in exchange if you want to be a part of this book launch team is buy at least one copy on launch day and leave a review of the book on launch day on Amazon. To be part of that book launch team, you can text the word book, text the word book to this phone number. Got a pen? Write it down or just grab your phone, enter it in. 336-203-5320. So you're going to text the word book to the number 336-203-5320. Or if you are outside of the US and Canada and you want to be part of this book launch team, just email me uh, and let me know you want to be on the book launch team. We'll put you on that email list. I'll be sending out the digital copy of the book in September, so you're not going to get it right away. You'll get it in September. And then, of course, I will be sure to remind you on book launch day um, so that you can purchase at least one copy and leave a review on Amazon. You'll be able to leave a review on Amazon because you'll already have read the digital copy. Um, Oh, dear Lord. Hold on. If you were wondering what that extra noise was, me too. That was, uh, I told you I had to re-record the intro here because the title changed and it was running into the track of the next part that you're about to hear. So anyway, let's get right to it. Real life, real errors. You are now going to hear a chapter of Tools for the Trenches. I hope you enjoy it. Create a clear lens. I've been wearing contact lenses since I was in the second grade. 
I wore glasses for less than a year before deciding I was old enough for contact lenses. My mom's rule was that if I wanted to wear contacts, I had to take care of them by myself. And though I was only seven years old, that meant I had to put them in by myself, take them out by myself, and care for them properly. If I couldn't do that, I had to keep wearing glasses. I will never forget my first night with my new contacts. My mom had gone out for the evening, and my older sister and I were home alone at bedtime. I kind of panicked at the thought of taking out my contacts all by myself. I was terrified but determined because I didn't want to admit to my mom that I couldn't do it, as that would have meant continuing to wear my glasses. After a lot of tears, which, by the way, only make it harder to remove contacts, I finally got them out, and the rest is history. If you have ever been to an eye doctor to establish your prescription for glasses or contacts, you've likely had the memorable experience of flipping back and forth between what seems like a million options as you look through that black occluder that hangs in front of the exam chair. Is this one better? How about this one? Can you see more clearly here or here? A or B? How about this one? Is it better like this or like this? I often get kind of flustered in those appointments because I can't seem to remember the first option by the time they've switched to the second one. But even if you have to toggle back and forth a few dozen times, there's always something that is more clear. And the same thing is true in life. There is usually a more or most clear perspective. We just don't always give ourselves multiple options. Shortly after Dagny died, I started asking myself a series of questions to help me identify a better perspective or choice. Through which lens is this choice more clear? Which perspective feels better? What perspective or outlook do I need to have in order for this choice to be clear? And this practice of mine started around things like food and self-care choices. I was having a hard time doing anything. I didn't want to eat, didn't want to go outside, didn't want to talk to anyone, didn't want to get groceries, didn't want to go to the gym. And the answer to almost every question that I asked myself was, I don't care. And I knew that that could very quickly become a slippery slope if I let it. I think back to that experience of the eye exam and it seemed like Everything was blurry when I looked through the lens of Dagny has died, nothing matters now. Looking through that lens, everything was gray. But I knew that wasn't the only lens, even if it was the only one I was looking through. I can look through that lens. I can choose that lens, and I often do. But it's not the only lens. The world looks a certain way through that lens. But that doesn't mean the world is that way or that there isn't more to see and consider. While switching back and forth between different perspectives, I started asking myself, is it more clear like this? How about like this? Can I see better now? For example, if I switched to the lens of, I want a big family, Chris and I want to have many more kids, certain things became more clear. If I should work out or not, became more clear. If I should cook breakfast or not, or what 
I should cook for breakfast. Those things became more clear. Sometimes I'd be looking through the lens of work doesn't matter anymore. Nothing matters without Dagny. And that would make it really hard to get into my email inbox or draft a social media post. So I'd step back and I'd ask myself, through what lens is this more clear? Things became more clear through the lens of this work matters. This work allows me to build a home and to care for the family that I desire. And so many people are working through similar pain and I can help them if I share. I feel hurt when I look through the lens of they didn't even bother to call one single time after hearing that Dagny died. All the times I was there for them and they couldn't even call me. Just like all the lenses at the eye doctor are real, they aren't all helpful. They aren't all best. And the same is true here. These lenses are real. They're not the most helpful and they aren't the best when I'm trying to see more clearly. So I'd ask myself, through what lens am I less angry or hurt? And then I'd think about our Cape friends who drove hours and then stood in the parking lot for hours until we were ready to leave. I think about people who did wrap their arms around us literally when that was the exact thing that we needed. I think about all the people who still talk about Dagny months later and who genuinely care about how we're doing. There's always another lens and this is a tool that we can all practice daily. Maybe you want to fire off an aggressive text message through the lens of, are you kidding me? How selfish. But is it more clear when you look at it a different way through a different lens? How would you have to look at it to see things differently? I use this a lot with food. Through the lens of I'm stressed and tired, calling for pizza seems to be a clear choice. Through a different lens, other options are more appealing. As I sit in my living room debating pizza or whatever else, I ask myself, is it more clear like this or like this? And when I look through the lens of the example that I want to be for my kids and the way I want to model food choices for them, it absolutely looks different. It looks more clear. When I look through the lens of the fact that food is either medicinal or harmful, it certainly looks different. When I look through the lens of the person I was at 350 pounds and where those decisions got me and how I felt when I made them, it's absolutely more clear. This is a great tool for money as well. When I look through the lens of how good it would feel to buy a new set of pots and pans and I look through the lens of the fact that I can afford it, the choice seems clear. But as always, there are other lenses. It looks very different through the lens that reminds me I have completely functional pots and pans and spending $1,000 to have them match is a little silly when the only time I'd notice that they match is when I open the cabinet since I rarely cook with more than one pot at a time. This practice has also helped me avoid thousands of fights with my husband. There's always a lens that makes me angry or makes me feel not considered or not prioritized, but there are always other lenses. No eye doctor 
would give you just one option for your glasses. Never give yourself just one option for a behavior or a response. If you see lack, look again. If you see anger, look again. If you see pain, look again. Try on a new perspective. Leadership and personal development author Jim Collins writes about the genius of and and the tyranny of or. The word and reminds us that we aren't wrong in our first perspective. There are just simply additional options. The word and expands our thinking, our options, and our potential. The word or makes us think we have to choose, but we don't. It's not either this perspective or that one. It's, it's this perspective and that one. It's this reality and that one. It's this option and that one. The word or can be tyrannical, while the word and is expansive. Remember, the goal isn't to find the right perspective, but rather to invite more perspectives. For example, I'm pretty sure it's human nature to initially see things as happening to you. If you lose your job, though you might ultimately come to see it as a huge blessing, your first instinct is likely not as rosy. If your spouse cheats or you get audited by the IRS or you lose a loved one, there's a valid argument that these things happened to you. You didn't ask for it, you didn't cause it, and it very well might have been 100% outside your control. One day, while I was walking along the canal, I wondered, is there a difference between what is happening to me and what is happening through me? Should there be? Could there be? What's the difference between what's happening to me and what's happening in me? And I wasn't asking so that I might shift my attention away from the loss I was navigating. I'm not trying to rewrite my perspective on how devastating it is to watch my daughter die. I'm not making an argument that it didn't happen to me. I just wanted to evaluate whether or not there was or could be more going on inside me. I was attempting to round out the full picture. I want to see additional perspectives, not as a replacement for my original point of view, but in addition to it. What was happening in me? I was getting closer to God every day. I was questioning, challenging, and reconsidering what I do and I don't want for my life. I was identifying survival tools and writing them down to share with others who were struggling. I was being called to slow down, to simplify, and to reevaluate my work. What was happening through me? This book, for one, even before it was crafted into pages, the bits I shared through my daily mindset upgrades or even on social media, we're encouraging and supporting people. Sometimes we miss the gift or the opportunity because we're exclusively focused on what is happening to us. We're focused on just one sharp perspective. There's always more to see. We just have to remember to look. In practice, create a habit of asking yourself, through what lens is the choice most clear? Through what lens do you have to look in order to feel peaceful or calm or happy or grateful or hopeful or content? Through what lens do you have to look in order to feel motivated or determined? 
What perspective would you need to have in order to feel blank? Keep in mind that you don't have to choose any or every one of these perspectives, just like you don't have to choose any or every one of the lenses displayed through the occluder at the doctor's office. You're just trying them on. The more perspectives you try on, the more likely you will be to clearly see which one works best for the moment you're in. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.